There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everybody to another episode of Bub in the Bloom, episode 60. Going to talk about some main event ADP versus some second chance draft ADP fallers and see how we think if it's a rebound or not type situation. So that'll be a lot of fun. Talk about some recent news, play our weekly game, which last weekend, head scratcher, and um, much, much more. But first off, you can find myself on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co-host is always on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are we doing, my friend? We're doing great. Let's, let's see what other... Uh premonitions we can we can speak into existence this week man, after last there. week I, don't, it, I, I mean i threw out the crazy one was john singleton who i didn't yeah. even i mean figured he's still figured he's still alive i had not no a, idea he was still playing baseball major, not a major league pulse <laughs> no or even in the minor like i i had no clue so that was hilarious when uh when Singleton got called up this week, I think he's hitting like below 200, but yeah. whatever. Um, but the Manoa thing was just wild. I, I still swear he was he was optioned last week, but I guess I guess I was wrong. But it still happened. Uh, I guess what 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 did he Manoa did he even get out of the first inning this week? Um, they felt not. I think yeah, he, I didn't think he did. He got blown up. Yeah, it was rough. But I don't know. We'll see what we come up with this this week, man. I. I don't know. Yeah, if if any at any time through the podcast, Ryan mentions Christian Encarnacion Strand getting called up in the next couple of days. Just remember, go to your waiver wires now and add him because it's coming soon. <laughs> or Edwin Encarnacion, who <laughs> you know. Actually, there was so uh, there was a stat, and I forget where I saw it. Probably Sarah Langs. Who knows? In honor of J Rams three homer night, the last Cleveland Guardian to hit three home runs was the parrot himself edwin encarnacion god what a legend e5 was yeah the the amazing thing is you could have a nickname e5 because you can't play defense to save your life but he had quite the career because he could hit bombs left and right like that's quite the uh the beautiful situation he fell into oh yeah for for those that don't know where e5 came from he played third base with the reds when he was a prospect the reds was horrific horrific could not do anything and joey vada wasn't moving at that time boys and girls so um yeah long time ago for e5 but uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see where some of these prospects get called up 
Um, you, you talk about an E5 reference. Didi Gregorius just got a minor league deal with the Mariners because Didi was playing in Mexico and was leading the Mexican league. I think he had like 11 home runs and he's just crushing baseballs. So the Mariners gave him a shot in the minors for now. So we'll see how that one plays out. <laughs> you never know where some of these names are going to come back from, man. Yep. Yep. Good old Didi. All right, let's talk about some recent news and notes before we get into our weekly game here. We, you kind of said it already. Alec Manoa, he got sent to I just I have I've called it a million different spots. It's like the, I call it the Florida training facility, rookie ball. <laughs> it's the it's the Florida complex basically. It's their spring training facility. It's where um, Roy Holiday went when he was struggling, and we saw how that turned out. Manoa's got a lot to, to work on between his ears. He's got a lot of mechanical stuff to work on. I don't think this is going to be a quick fix. So like we've talked about dropping him already before. But it'll be. I, I did say this on the first pitch podcast to try to be optimistic. We will see him again this year. I guarantee you that he will be back sometime this year. And you know, it can't get much worse. But I think we'll see a different Alec Manoa. Let's put it that way. No, I don't know if he's going to be an ace. He might be more like a Lance Lynn, but he'll be back. It was. It was definitely a little shocking to see like him at first. Yeah, I think everyone just assumed he'll go to AAA. But now it kind of makes sense for him to go basically all the way down and just restart. And like you said, it's more just he's going back into the lab as opposed to like pitching competitively in games, which probably is the right move. I agree. We'll probably see him again. Um, I agree. An easy cut. I do wonder, like, there probably isn't a worse graphic that you could have made this year. Like, I would took like Brandon Woodruff, who made like two starts, but then at least you're not getting manoa you. ratios I, yeah. mean, I, I i can't think of like that out of any first five round pick i i mean manoa has to be the one because he's just buried you in three or four categories because he's not he wasn't getting strikeouts wasn't getting wins and buried you in ratios yeah because you're still throwing them out there and then he throws like that seven shutout inning performance yeah. in yankee stadium to get your hopes back up so, yeah so they keep throwing them back out there and it's just yeah, and it's funny because I talked about it with Sarah Sanchez on her show. The only place that I drafted Alec Manoa, and I wanted zero Alec Manoa, um, I got him where I thought he fell, like, around, I think it's around six or seven in Tout Wars. And it was because he was, like, my fourth starting pitcher, and it's an innings pitch league, which is what he does very well. Mm-hmm. He gets tons of innings pitched. And I was like, okay, this is a good spot to have him in. I've had him benched for at least two or three weeks already, and I think I actually dropped him this last week. He was already dropped before he got uh, sent down. So... It's a, it sucks. Hope he gets better. We'll see where it goes from there. The the Jays can use him because their pitching's okay, but they're one little hiccup away from having a problem in that rotation once again. Yeah. Um, stop me if you've heard of this before. Jorge Polanco leaves the game with a hamstring injury. Uh, early reports are he's day to day. That's of course what they're going to say. They'll do more testing on Friday, of course. But man, like what in the world is going on here with Jorge? Because the weird thing is he comes back and he actually plays decent. Like he's he's playing okay, and then he just goes and gets hurt again. So. I'm almost at the point where I, I'm just going to drop him here pretty soon because I'm just sick of it. But we'll see how the reports come back, obviously. This is just a big blow. I'm close to I So I have Polanco in my main event and drafted him knowing he was hurt. And like, I, I but it, I mean, it was the knee. And then he comes back. And like you said, Bobby, hitting well. And really on the season, Polanco, 255 home runs, 126 plate appearances, like not bad. Uh, but this is the same hamstring that forced him to the IL earlier in the season. Like something's not right there. And even if they're saying, oh, it's not that bad, could you know, miss miss the IL, it's extremely concerning. The only other thing is like since I do have Planco on that team, 
it is extremely barren, the middle infield replacement level, and at least in 15 teamers. So I'm probably holding on for a little bit, but it's um, it's just one of those things where like, how does this how does this magically get right in the middle of the season where, you know, Polanco took two weeks off or two or three weeks with the original IL stint and obviously something's still not right. So how does it uh, magically get better after, you know, a recurrence and then three days off that that that's my concern is it just he plays through this toughs it out and you end up with like a like a Luis Robert situation where you're just in and out in and out all year and it just nags yep it's pretty painful like I didn't draft him anywhere but I picked him up at an OC someone dropped him before he came to start the season with the knee injury so I got him cheap and like okay I'll stash him he's coming back in like two weeks see what happens and I held on to him during the first hamstring injury but if this almost reminds me of like when Jonathan India last year hamstring came back yeah and that's, that's probably was, a better comp than um whoever the hell he was, i said then he was out <laughs> for like a month and a half or so to get completely right so i'm waiting to hear a little more information but this could be like a sunday hey we're already in getting towards the middle of june i gotta start making moves we can't hang on and play this game much longer so we'll see how Jorge polanco goes but you said that there's not much in the middle infield world well i hate to break it to you ryan ellie day the cruise is up if you have five dollars and my goodness first game he hits this rocket double off the wall at 112 miles an hour second game just hits one almost out of great american small park he's crushing baseballs on thursday against clayton kershaw gets an infield single steals a bag yeah. like he's doing everything he's playing second he's played shortstop and third base he's hitting cleanup um is he going to be this way every game no there's going to be smofers he does strike out a lot he's striking out a lot that's something to keep in mind but uh, so far through three games, he is beyond as advertised to me. And um, he's going to go for a hefty chunk of change this weekend. That's the question, man. It's like, so you just need to think about, so, and we could, I mean, we could nitpick the De La Cruz strikeout rate, whatever, but this, this is the best prospect that we've seen come up so far this year. I'm, I'm not going to say there won't be more like him. Like, yes, he's probably the best one to come up this year, but there will still be, good hitting prospects coming up this summer. I, I think we fell into, at least I fell into that trap last year, almost every week saying, oh, this is your last chance to get a good, it, it, this isn't that, but it is the opportunity to get a likely game changer in power speed. So the question you need to ask yourself like this weekend is how much money are you comfortable having in fab after this weekend? Yep. Like what is that number? And I think you, if you're in, if you need De La Cruz, if you're interested, take that number minus what you have, and that's that's your bid. For me, I don't know what that number is. For me, that number is probably like a hundred, hundred fifty bucks. Uh, where if I got De La Cruz and had hundred fifty bucks, I'd, I'd I'd make it work. But like, there's still so much season to go. I can't, it sounds like you're going to have to, I mean, whoever has the hammer is going to use it in most leagues and you're going to be left with like 40, 50 bucks. I just can't see myself doing that over the last three months. Like there will just, it will just be a brutal, brutal stretch to finish it out. If, if that happens. Yeah. That's my conundrum right now. Cause it's really funny looking at, like I keep keeping track cause I make waiver moves each week and I'm like, okay, I'm doing really good in hitting in this league, but not in pitching. The other league is really, really good in pitching, not good in hitting. So maybe the league's not even good in hitting. Like it might be time to unload. And it's 12 team formats. So if I just kind of do some math and go, okay, if I have, let's say, four to five bucks a week, so I can make dollar moves each week, mm -hmm. 
in a 12 team, you can almost make that work, especially if you start thinking about it by like the last month and a half or so of the season, half the league's probably already like a quarter of the league at least given up. Um, and then the bids just go down. It's just natural science to the whole thing. So that'd be my kind of ideas. Think about how much are you good with weekly? Like, are you good with just dollar moves? Do you want to make $2 moves? Like, what do you want to have in your budget? Kind of what, this is what Ryan was saying, but um, that's how I would calculate it out and see what happens. So I, I have some very good, uh, good soul searching to do this, this weekend. Cause I, what's I your, what's your number? Food. What's your, how comfortable are you? I think if I had four number, to, I think if wise. I had four, to, if I had an average four to five bucks a week, I think I'd be pretty confident. So wow. we have like fourteen okay. weeks left, give or take. I'm just spitballing off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, so let's say five is twenty. That's like seven about ten runs so far. So Seems about right. So yeah, so we got about seven. Yeah, it is. I did week ten of Fabulous last week because I wrote it up, so I should know this. Um, so say I leave seventy bucks, seventy five bucks. Yeah. Um, does it make you feel warm and fuzzy? No, but uh, if you're, I'm not saying desperation, like you don't want to be a desperate person, but we've seen game changers that can literally just completely uproot a team and put you on the mood. Like if this guy's as legit as advertised and say he hits even like, cause average could, might be an issue with strikeouts, but say he hits 270 and I might, I might be estimating too. I haven't even looked at the rest of season projections. Say it's 270 and he hits, we have 14 weeks left. Let's say he hits 17 home runs because he's going to have a couple home, two home run weeks. And he goes and steals you 15 back. Let's say he goes 15 15, hits 270. Which is what the projection is, projection is like 250, but homer speed wise, that's about what they're saying. That's pretty darn valuable oh, it's in huge. the grand, grand scheme of it. So that's why I, I wanted to like put it like a, a number, not just a fab number, but like the stats you're going to get number because he's hitting cleanup. So he's going to drive in a ton of runs. In that, if he's hitting 15 home runs and hitting 250, he's going to score at least 15 runs, obviously, probably more like in the 40 ish range. Um, like, so let's just say 15, 15, 40 runs scored, maybe even 50 RBIs. Like, that's insane. And I might be, I might be overdoing it. I get it. I, but you're not. I mean, that's basically what the, I've got them right in front of me. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. That's, that's a game changer. And uh, I'm not saying anything no one knows. Obviously, everyone knows how good he is. Everywhere you go, they're going to say game changer. But that's where I think, like, I think people that listen to our show enough know neither one of us like to spin big and fab. That's pretty evident. Um, but I think this is one of the first guys that I'm just like, okay, this you, is. Yeah, this is this is a little unbubba, unbubba-like. I, well, because I like I'm, it, I, Because I've been, like, studying my stuff. And I, I'm, in, I'm in reach in a, cert, a couple leagues. Like, I'm in second place in an OC. And I'm sitting there, like, 170 overall. Like, will I win the whole thing? No. But could this guy give me the boost I need? It could help a ton. Like, Ezekiel Tovar is my middle infielder hello that's yeah. called an upgrade like that's... so it's just little like it's hell tim anderson's my shortstop i could rather play ellie de la cruz with tim anderson right now as bad as things are and, um it's just yeah so, so i said i got some soul searching to do uh this weekend and it could be interesting my f- fun fact that really nobody cares about my my, my fig my biggest fab bid ever i spent over 500 dollars, very unbloomfield like on rookie Jordan alvarez in 2019 and it out. makes a difference. He hit 313, 27 home runs in a little over half a season. Like it, yeah. it uh, I mean, so I don't want to, yes, I'm very conservative. I probably will not get Ellie De La Cruz anywhere just because my number of what I want in fab is going to be too high. Thus my bids are going to be too low, but I certainly get it. Well, and I'm just, I'd have to go and look too. And I, I don't want to give all my secrets away on the show, 
But um, in most of my leagues, I have around 300 bucks left over. Some less, some yeah. more. I still don't think I'm going to get them. Even if I if I say I have 300 and I put 240 down, I don't think that wins. That's the problem. Like I could put the bid out and think I'm doing something crafty, and I don't. It literally, if you have the most money in your league, find out who's second and bid over a dollar. Well, that's and that's your, the that's or, or do you get cute and do you say I bid ten dollars more than the third place guy, saying the second place guy is going to do that same logic? Yeah. Uh, th- there's so much. It's kind if of fascinating. Got, if it's I got be cute, really if I got cute like that and lost, I would never forget <laughs> you would myself. Get so pissed. <laughs> I would never forget. Well, because you're the 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 second place guy or girl who has this, they're, they're not going to spend they every single dollar. Uh, they're, yeah. I, I mean, I would be shocked. But but yeah, that would suck to like try and try and gain the system and and lose it. So yeah, it's just I don't know. It's going to be fascinating game theory. Fascinating. There are a couple pitchers this weekend too. I know Mr. Actually, Abbott and Smith Schauber. So it's yeah, it's, it's funny you mention that. It's funny you mentioned that because I have all my notes. Um, so I got, while I'm doing work, I wrote down to remind myself come Saturday, Olsen from Detroit's been actually pretty decent, and he's going to be way overlooked in this whole cha-cha. Smith Schauber making his debut on Friday, uh, for starting debut on Friday, and then yeah. Andrew Abbott, as you mentioned. So some pitchers as well. It's going to be a wild weekend. Um, 10 p.m. Eastern is going to be awesome on Twitter. Let's put it that get way. Your, get your high noons ready. Not, yes, not a sponsor. Be. Yes, they should yeah. be. Doors always open, people. No monetary yes. nature. Just send us some stuff. That's all we need. <laughs> they are in the show logo, yep. you know, which yes, may or are. may not violate copyright. <laughs> Whatever. Come at me. Come at me. It means we have to sit at the table together, so we're in. All right. Enough LED Day of the Cruise. Everyone's going to talk about them all week. That was just our two cents on the matter. Jacob Agron, Tommy John surgery. Um I mentioned this before when the first report came out, it moves to the 60 day IL more news to come. I said the more news to come. I even quote tweeted it. That's what concerns me. And then the next day, TJ, obviously it's a year. I think we don't see him until 2025. That's my two cents on the matter. So obviously you're dropping him. They still have their Cy Young candidate, Nathan Evaldi. So the Rangers are fine, but what's just, I don't know. We don't, there's not a whole lot you can say here, but what are your thoughts on no, I mean it just sucks. Like, did you see? Did you see his press conference where He's like, crying. yeah, gets and it's stuff. it shows, yeah, it shows how much. Yes, Degrom signed the huge deal. He's got more money than he knows what to do with. But like, he wants to compete. He wants to be out there. And it's just got to be so freaking frustrating for him. His second one uh, coming up to be like just for him to know. I mean, he's probably the best pitcher that I've seen since Pete Pedro. Pedro, Pedro. that'd be my guess. Yeah, Pete Randy um and just to lose seasons of that not even just this season next season but we've lost a lot of of already peak age to grom and it just i don't know just non-fantasy wise just sucks to miss out on the best the prime of the best pitcher we've seen in 20 years well and the part that really kind of concerns me is the age like he should have had this tj already right but the age made it's like we saw it with cueto we've seen it with um tanaka when they get older, they're like, okay, I'm going to pitch through it or call it a day, basically. And he tried to pitch through it and it didn't work. So now it's like really – like, do you get the um, the Verlander? He has that monster season, but look at Verlander now. Do you get the sale or look at sale now? Like there's just a lot of yep. – God, this sucks. Yep. But, age yeah. 37 season when we see him again. I mean, he might pitch like late next season or He's whatever. Like Bloomfield's age, guys. Wise. He's Bloomfield's <laughs> age. This is ridiculous. Hey, I just turned 38, so I'm uh, not, no, I'm not no spring chicken anymore. No. Um, all right. Nestor Cortez, he goes to the IL with a shoulder injury. I, we never want to hear shoulder injuries. 
Uh, Randy Vasquez made his second start as a call-up. He started on Thursday, actually, part of the doubleheader. Um, threw five and two-thirds shutouts, two hits, one walk, three Ks. He's got an ungodly curveball, decent fastball, walk issues in the minor, but tons of strikeout upside. Not saying run out to get him, but this could be another guy to add to your rookie list this weekend. I don't know, but uh, any thoughts on the nasty Nestor situation? Um, I mean, kind of explains like K rate was down with Nestor. He wasn't missing bats. The, the, the ratios, the expected ratios were all pretty rough. So, um, I don't know. Just seems like something wasn't right. And I, I, I'm probably cutting him in 15 teamers. You just need the space. You need other guys. So it's, uh, it's rough. It's fun to see him pitch. I mean, just talking about like the Grom, but like watching Nestor, mess with timing and different release points all that stuff i'll miss that uh hopefully he can come back and uh be nester again hopefully um rodon's trying to come back we'll see if they can come back together um brandon lau this is something i've mentioned too many times and it's come to fruition here again he's out with a back injury the latest news they're going to shut him down for two to three weeks like nothing don't do anything which for someone who's got back issues, that's the only way you kind of heal these things. Just throwing it out there. You just don't do anything. So you kind of sit down, sit out two or three weeks, reevaluate things from there. This took him out for a lot of last year. I don't see it not taking him out for more this year type situation. I mean, this is what we talk about. Not doctors, but this is what we talk about with back stuff. We've seen it with CJ Crone. Um, we see it all the time. It's just this, it, it does not go away. So it, it certainly sucks for Brandon Lau. Um, Rays are suddenly like so. Yandy Diaz, I think, has a hip, hip, hip injury. He's expected back Friday. We'll see. So, like, Taylor Walls is their second baseman right now, filling yep. in for Lau. It's funny, we talked about Taylor Walls a few weeks ago. Um, saw it, I think Vlad said, Vlad tweeted, Vlad tweeted it, out. it out, Vlad, yeah, it was, where Taylor Wal- Walls, Walls has been off. like, yeah, he's still running, I think, has like yeah. six steals. In the last, you know, whatever, a uh, couple weeks, I think is hitting like 0.077. There you go. I remember um, seeing it very vividly when it came across my timeline. Good recall. You don't have it up in front of you. That, that, that's nope. impressive. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's, uh, it's rough, but he'll play. I mean, Walls will play just because of the elite defense, but that, that's been a sudden downfall. Like, I don't know. Harold Her- Ramirez is interesting to me, but he's probably. I think he's rostered pretty much everywhere in 15s and 12s, but if not, I think that's an interesting guy in terms of like if they're if these injuries keep piling up for the Razor, if something happens with Diaz where the hip is a little bit more serious than we thought, Harold Ramirez could be a sneaky pickup. But um, yeah, Ray's suddenly not not as deep as we thought, and with Lau, like I was just saying this with Jorge Polanco, but how you know what does this look like the rest of the season, even if Lau does come back and that sort of thing, so. I think Lau's a pretty pretty quick drop for me as well. Yep, 100%. He's a very, very quick drop. Vidal Brujan got the call up, but I think he's more of a oh. utility bat off the bench type situation. <laughs> um, Pete Alonzo, this one got worse for me on Thursday. Like Wednesday, left the game. They said it was day-to-day contusion. He got hit, hit, hit by a pitch on like wrist-hand area. Um, but then Thursday, I don't think he woke up feeling great because he had a CT scan in Atlanta. Hopped on the PJ, went to New York to get an MRI and get further testing. That many tests in a 24-hour span got my head starting to think, oh, this isn't as good as I thought it was. Because usually x-rays are negative. He's day-to-day. We'll see how the swelling goes. 
No, this was a quick, quick to get on the flight. Yeah. yeah. Quick 180 on what took place here. And um, he's strong enough to hit home runs with one hand. So I'm not too worried about that. But you might miss some big meat for like, what if he's got a fracture or something? He's got to like sit for a bit. Like, this is rough. This is a rough one. Yeah. And like 22 homers this season. Pete Alonso, I feel like kind of underrated as one of the better. Well, I'm mad because I went to bat saying I need power this year. I was circling big meat in the second round, and now here we are. You did get your power, and you still will. I mean, like I said, already has 22. Could could still hit 40 if this is not uh, serious. Interesting that Mark Viento started at first base on Thursday in a pretty wild game against Atlanta uh, tonight, but also not only started at first base, but started against a righty i think vientos was pretty much just facing Platoon. lefties after they caught him after they called him up and there was this free mark vientos campaign vientos isn't like a, i don't think he's like a stud prospect or anything like that but if you need a fill-in or need a corner i think vientos if this is serious will get some pretty extended run um and kind of escape that platoon going forward yeah i'm with you because i dropped vientos last week because of the platoon and <laughs> Of course. I might be I might be looking back into that situation is what it comes down to because I I'm a believer in the hit tool. Uh, maybe it means Vientos and Beatty can both play regularly. What a concept. That would be pretty sweet as well. So uh because you I know mean, Francisco the, Alvarez started playing irregularly and look at him. So see what happens. He's been he's been a monster. It's it's interesting how the Mets, despite everything going on with them, they just have this young wave of uh of guys that they're using and sometimes not using, but um yeah, yeah, Vientos, I mean, it's only 34 plate appearances, so not really worth diving into the skills, but just hitting 188 so far. But you really, Cammy's pl- when you're playing like every two or three yeah. days, it's hard to hard to get in a rhythm, especially 100%. when you tack on it's the first time really seeing Major League pitching. Not easy. Not easy at all. Two more injuries to discuss here. First one, oh, not happy about this one. Uh, Jordan Alvarez. Silence? Jordan, um, I might hang a jersey up in the the, the dugout tomorrow. Um, <laughs> no, that's our that's our next guy. <laughs> that's our next guy. Yes, uh, Jordan Alvarez. He leaves with a right oblique oblique injury. Like initially, you're thinking, okay, it's just maybe precautionary, whatever. But then I saw this quote on my drive home before the podcast. Dusty Baker with a ra- rather ominous quote about Alvarez's injury. We just got to regroup and try to figure out how we're going yeah. to win some ball games and get through this. I, Dusty's an emotional guy. Let me say that as a guy that knows Dusty for years, coach managing the Giants. But that quote right there, that's not what you want to hear from a manager trying to keep a team focused on like things are okay. Like that is not good. And as someone that has a lot of shares of Jordan Alvarez, yeah, I'm I'm not very happy right now. Um no, and obliques like uh, we saw. We we know what obliques can do. We saw what it did. With I don't Oscar. physically, but yeah, they do. We, we have seen. I don't think <laughs> I've ever strained an oblique either. I don't know if I have an oblique. You, you probably do somewhere. <laughs> somewhere um, way down there. <laughs> it no, it sounds bad. It sounds really bad. Like maybe Dusty was. Uh, maybe the quote was out of context. I don't know. Whatever. But like it, he's going. Jordan's going to miss time. So. We'll get to see if this uh, Corey Jolks figure is legit. I think that's who really steps in and gets the most playing time while Jordan is out. Jolks has five homers, eight steals, hitting 261. Like, that's all really good. Uh, beneath the hood, 4% barrel rate, not not all that. 
striking out a good amount, not walking. So I'm a little bit skeptical of Corey Jolks going forward, but uh, we'll see. I, I think the playing time will be there. I think that's the guy who will at least step in. And, hey, it's a great lineup. Um, so there is that. Well, I uh, probably shouldn't just assume. Houston is – I look at Jose Abreu. I look at Alex yeah. Bregman. He's doing there's, okay. There's some, hole, there's some holes there. But it's a good uh, lineup, I'll say. I like, I like the Jolks call. Who I would like to see get some regular playing time, we'll see, is Yainar Diaz. Um, he can play yeah. the outfield. He can play first base. He's the backup catcher. But you know he's hitting two seventy three, three homers. Uh, he's only striking out seventeen percent, which I like to see out of a young player. Thirteen point six percent barrel rate and a forty seven percent hit rate. The dude can hit. He can hit and hit really well. I wouldn't mind seeing him get a few extra DH days while he's not catching. I think that would be a fun little power boost to that lineup as well. So I like the Jolks call for sure. Like we've seen him out there. He's getting good run. He's lately he's been stealing. Like you mentioned, the eight steals. A lot of those have come in the last couple of weeks with Jolks. Um, so I like that call. I would love to see Yainar Diaz get some love too. We'll see how that plays out. Who probably would have the most fantasy value more so, more so than Jolks if the playing time's there. For sure. Last but not least, the man that we do put jerseys in the dugout for when things get really dapper. Um, and that was the wrong word, but I just want to see if you're paying attention. Eloy Jimenez, <laughs> he leaves yet again with a lower leg injury. He literally left and just pointed at his leg. It's just like they're on they're on they're on a first point basis now. That's how these things are going. You just know what's up with him. The, the reports already said day to day. Well, of course he's day to day. He's day to day. He could be on the IL tomorrow. That's just how this is going to go with Eloy Jimenez. And it sucks. He went deep in the first game of the doubleheader. He's been playing pretty well this year. Can't stay healthy. I have nothing really else to say besides um, this. Really, really saves Jake Berger's spot in the lineup. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was who I was going to bring up, Jake Berger. It's got to be Jake Berger time. And he was dropped in a lot of leagues this past week, folks. Big time power source. So if, if Berger is available, gobble him up. That's the pretty quick and easy one on that. All right. Let's play our weekly game here where the lead is the same as it was last week, Ryan. What happened? Yeah, man. We tied across the board. We tied across the board. Your Ben Lively, my Tanner Halk tied seven points each, playing innings, plus Ks, minus earned runs. Mike Yastrzemski, who did not play Sunday. I was a little bit surprised at that. I don't know what your boys are doing out there against a righty. Got four points in Owen Miller. Kind of cooling down a little bit. Your pick last he's, week. he's not playing every day either. Yeah, only got four points. So we, I don't think this ever happened where we tied both categories. So we are set at 10 to 5. Advantage Bubba. Yep, that has not changed. But we have a fun weekend of action at Coors Field in play this weekend amongst some other juicy situations. So when you're looking at the Baseball HQ uh, hitting reports, what do you see as some spots you'd like to target? Yeah, the Coors thing, whenever whenever we have Coors, uh, we look at that with San Diego. I, I wanted to grab Gary Sanchez, honestly, for this. Would, would have been the first, I think, catcher-eligible pick in our you game could of have. all time. But I think he was over 50%. Let me check. Oh, I'm be under 50% in, the, in our guy. I think he was like 80%. He's 16. Yeah. 16? Yeah, I'm double-checking him on. Yeah, Roadwire Online Championship, 16%. Oh, Jesus. You can change right, your pick now if you like. The hole. You can change your pick now if you'd like. Have your, no. I, I, well, seeing who you have out there, I, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Although we do get double points if you pick a catcher for position scarcity. Oh. So maybe, maybe we'll we do go. that. Ryan's going catcher every week now. 
No, I'll keep it. Uh, but no, San Diego has, and Gary Sanchez, I mean, legitimately is, I think, a good catcher-eligible pickup. If he is catcher-eligible in your leagues, he is in mine. I got him in Tout Wars last week. Um, San Diego gets two lefties, Comber and Freeland, then Denelson Lamette. Oakland has a pretty good schedule this weekend going against three righties. So I also, for our game, tried to, maybe they were available. Who the hell knows? I was looking at the wrong league, but I was looking at Ryan Noda um to see if he was available but he was he was over 50 percent rostered in 12 teamers but any oakland lefty i think is a great matchup this weekend the yankees lefties are also good against three boston righties and garrett whitlock tenor Houck, and brian bayo the one matchup bubba that i'm like really excited to see is texas tampa so yeah. like according to hq's ratings texas who i don't know if quietly is the right word but is like the best lineup in baseball uh, right now and it's not really that close they pretty much bludgeoned the mariners um in their last series texas runs into tyler glass now taj bradley and shane o'mac this weekend so that's, that's going to be um one. series of the weekend to see how that goes against heaney big nate and martin perez that's a fun ah, that's a good one if only if one. only like john gray was the sunday then that would have been oh that'd be awesome what van john gray what a renaissance that man is on. That's a whole I, other podcast. We, we talk about Evaldi probably too much, but yeah, John Gray. Whew. Amazing. Amazing stuff there. So yeah, it should be a fun week. It is kind of weird seeing Texas at the bottom of the matchups list, but the matchups he's there facing does check out quite a bit. Um, yeah, Oakland, then they had a big series against Pittsburgh. They kind of woke up the bats. So that is a fun one to see there. Um, let's get into our picks for the week. I'll let you kick off. You kind of hinted at some players and a team you might be looking at the tough target. So who's your hitter for the week? Uh, hitter for the week is Gary Sin. No, I'm kidding. Um, the hell is my hitter? Before for the you, week? before you say it, you can have Ryan Nota if you'd like, cause he is eligible. There's no I in team, but there is one in indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Life's better with an auto policy from American Family Insurance. No matter what dreams you're driving towards. That's because our expert agents will make you feel totally protected with the right auto coverage at the right price. You'll also save up to 23% when you bundle auto with home. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Man, I, I must have been looking at the wrong team. It's all good. I'll, I'll no, keep... take it. I don't know. You can have it if you want. All right. All right. I'm switching out. I'm going from Oakland lefty to if Oakland you text lefty. Me, you texted me earlier today, so I know you wanted them. All right. Ryan Noda. 
what's what's he what's his what's his percent in 12 teams 10 percent 10 percent man i was looking at the wrong thing um so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go on that oakland against three righties the hauser julio tehran who i swear man this has to blow up at some point and then freddie peralta um ryan noda mm-hmm. just unbelievable and shout to um shout out to Britton allen who yep. started a podcast in the off season. I remember one of his first episodes was talking about like 50th round picks in the NFBC. And he was talking about this rule five guy that Oakland took. And even though Jesus Aguilar is there, Ryan noticed the guy that was uh, that was a heck of a call by, by Mr. Allen. Um, but yeah. No four fifteen OBP, man. That's insane. It's insane. I mean, and I know, you know, but I didn't really recognize that four fifteen OBP with seven homers. So that's my guy. Yep, he's been hitting second a lot lately. He let off on Wednesday and went deep, walked a couple more times. He's like the Lamont Wade on the other side of the Bay Area. It's pretty impressive to watch those guys do. But, yeah, I like the Britton Allen shout-out. Him and Carlos Marcano, who's an A's guy, they were both big on him in the preseason. And they got me, like, in my NFPC 50s and DCs, I have some Ryan Noda in my lineups. So it's because of those guys. I would not have any shares. So big ups on them. My hitter, in all caps, on the sheet, Joey. Joey, I call him one. Joey Weimer. Um, I talked. We talked about him recently. I even wrote about him recently. Uh, defense is always going to keep him in the lineup, but it's the bat that has really come on strong. As he, uh, to me, I think I just call. It, he's getting comfortable playing Major League Baseball. He's not as like, hey, this is my gig. We're good. He uh, entered Thursday riding a eight game hitting streak where he's hitting four eighty one. Five doubles, three homers, seven runs, nine RBIs, and two stolen bases. But what I loved, and it dropped a slight bit from last week, but over that eight-game hitting streak, he's walking 15.6% of the time, and he's striking out only 12.5%. The kid's plate discipline is turning, and that's what I cared more about anything I saw because, like, is he going to hit that high the whole time? Not a chance. But the fact is plate discipline is what it is for a kid his age. That was a big, big plus to me that he's starting to see the baseball. He's getting comfortable. Um, they're still hitting the ninth, but it does not stop him from producing and running and scoring runs. And they get to face Maul, a lefty, Blackburn, and then Sears, the lefty, against the Oakland A's in Milwaukee this weekend. So, Big Joey, Joey Weimer is my dude. Good pick. And, yeah, the the plate discipline, like you said, that was the that was the question going in. So, uh, good to see that uptick. Uh, Pitcher-wise, I'm going to go Griffin Canning. Has a pretty good matchup against Seattle. I think less than 50% rostered in 12s. I have no idea at this point, but we'll just go with it. Uh, 5Ks, 9Ks, 4Ks is last week's starts. The, the, the start against Griffin Kenny has been really up and down. He started out with a ton of whiffs over his first three starts. Had a great game against the White Sox at the end of May with 19 whiffs, 9Ks. Um, I'm hoping that comes over. But there were a few good options, but I, Griffin yeah. Canning will go with him. Yeah, we were texting earlier today. I said, for once, there's like a couple to pick from in pitching, which is very rare these days. And I went with Daniel Lynch. Daniel Lynch, we've done this dog and pony show with him in years past, but you know, the, rehabbing in the minors, he looks really good. People are talking about like the velocity was there. He looks better. He's made two starts now, got at least five innings in both, uh, three earned runs and two earned runs. And more importantly, at least six Ks in both starts. For the game we're playing, I treat it like DFS. I want strikeouts because it'll make all the badness kind of slowly disappear. So I, I like the strikeout upside of Daniel Lynch, especially taking on the Baltimore Orioles with no said Mullins. And the, a Baltimore Orioles team just in general that 
they're still a very good baseball team. I'm not going to deny that, but they've kind of quieted down a bit. And it's in Baltimore, so all the right-handed bats, they have the the ballpark issues to deal with in left field. Client one, Daniel Lynch, looking for the strikeout upside. Cool. All right. Now what everybody really wants to pay attention to, it is our bloom board of the week. So what do you got for us, Mr. Bloomfield? All right. Uh, so the NFBC put out the – this is the first time they've done it, I think, in a couple of years, but uh, second chance draft. So drafted over this past week. So we usually start from Memorial Day. It was ran for about a week where you basically just draft a new team, and it's just a fascinating exercise of how much do you weigh, year-to-date stats, rest of season projections, all that sort of stuff. But what I figured we'd take for tonight's show is take that ADP from – preseason from the main event 15 teams and compare that with the second chance draft see who fell the most and then add our expert analysis expert in quotes on a one to five scale who we think is going to rebound a five being a full rebound like back to their preseason market price whatever a one being least confident rebound and things will either stay as is or 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 get even worse for some of these guys um so I'll pull the board up for the YouTube viewers. I think I put it out on Twitter earlier today. And I, I filtered out all the like obvious injury guys just because that doesn't make for good content. So I tried to put guys in here who are mostly playing. I know Manoa's on there. It was just interesting to see Alec Manoa blow it up a little bit. Alec Manoa be the furthest faller. Alec Manoa from main event 62 ADP down to 254 last week. And I think with the news of the option, Alec Manoa would have gone undrafted. Um, the other thing that you'll see with these boards is I do, and I do this all the time when I'm looking at ADP, I look at the value of the draft pick, not just they fell 10 slots versus 50 slots falling from the and we'll see, we'll talk about Trey Turner in just a second. Falling from the number two overall pick to the end of the first round is a big drop. Um, can be, you know, just as much as a multiple round drop later on. So um, that's why some of these kind of early round guys filter up to the top for the faders on the hitter side. So I don't know. We'll leave this one through five. We'll do an interactive. I'll post the final results on Twitter and we can uh, see what everyone thinks about our, 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 our thoughts. Yeah, this should be a fun one because, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. With uh, the second half drafts, there's a lot of strategy involved. Like, I know Steven Weimer waited and said he was going off for projections. That's why he took X. He's got a lot of guys on these this chart uh, that, that stood out to him based on projections. But some projections have not met reality so far this season. So that makes, like, do you trust projections that they bounce back type scenario and it becomes a value on draft day? Or do you believe there's an actual, like, legit problem with what's going on? And so we'll start with Trey Turner. Trey Turner is the one up top here. You said earlier, second in the mains, 11th in the second chance drafts. So you said top of the first round, back of the, of the, of the first round now. He is, to say struggling, is putting it nicely pretty much. After Thursday, he's hitting a whopping 237 with seven home runs and eight stolen bases. Uh, he's striking out more than he has in many years, basically resembling his rookie season strikeout rate. His contact rates have dropped quite a bit as well. Um to say I'm not concerned would be a, an understatement, but uh, what's your thoughts on Trey? I think I think he's earned himself plenty of leash. I I, I think this will bounce back. I don't think someone like this just kind of completely falls. Um, I I'm fine with the price it's still being a first rounder. So 
at a one through five scale, I'll put Trey Turner as like a four to not not get all the way back to the number one potential overall pick. But I think he's going to be a first round value the rest of the season. Uh, we kind of saw the power tick back. He had a couple homers this week. He's eight for eight on on stolen bases. So you want to see a, a few more steals, a, a little bit greener light. But the speed's there. It just needs to run a little bit more. I think he'll be fine. I'm going to give him a three. I think he'll be fine, but I think he's more of a back-end first round than a um, front-end first round, if that makes sense. Cause like we're, I think three basically says we're agreeing with uh, the, the change is the way I look at it. Yep. And um, so I, I think it's a fair fair price. I think he's still a first-round player. I think power will be okay. Speed should show up. He's got to start – the contact rate's got to improve in a big way. He's got to stop striking out, which is obviously simple things to say, but that's what we got to see from Trey. And if he does that, the numbers will be just fine. So – not too worried about that in the grand scheme of things. Let's look at Manny Machado, 15th, back back into round one in the mains. 48th, he's into round four in the second chance drafts. That's a, a drop, folks. That's a massive drop. And he's been injured a ton this season. Let's not like sugarcoat that. Hitting 235, five homers, two steals. K rate's about the same as it was last year. Still not great. Babbitt's down a ton. Um it's the you know the quality contact metrics have just plummeted with Manny Machado. So what's your thoughts on Big Manny? Uh, concern that he's just playing hurt. Like I don't think that's a concern with now. It's probably the biggest difference between Manny and Trey Turner. Say like, I don't think Trey Turner's hurt or trying to fight through an injury. I mean I don't know, but that that's just what it seems like watching these guys. So um, I'll give Manny Machado at three. It's kind of crazy. He's still only this is age thirty season. Um, and has quietly been like the most consistent, a $30 player each of the last three seasons in five by five, um, uh, with great batting average, 30 plus homers. Like it, I don't know. I, I think, I think things will be fine with Manny as long as he's, well, I'm going to change it to a two. I, I think I just worry that the hand is a little bit too much, uh, going on behind the scenes there. So I'll, I'll, I'll flip Manny to a two. Yeah, this one's tough for me because I'm a believer that he's he was playing hurt and he's going to be better, but how much better is like how healthy is he is the question. Uh since he's returned from the IL over six games, hitting 261, he's got a double, striking out 28%, no barrels, but a 56% hard hit rate, which is an improvement. Again, small, small sample. I'm not gonna say it's anything crazy, but he was at least hitting the ball well, just no barrels. Oh, man, I thought I'm gonna go three. Give me three. I still think he he'll earn the fourth round value by the end of this, but uh, it is a shame to see him drop the way he has. Speaking Jose Abreu, drop. I'm not even going to pull up his stats. We've talked about those enough. He's a 107 yeah. in the main, 294, 294 in the second. Can I chance. autofill this? Yeah, you can just tell you. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> one and one. I don't think either of us like no. see this turn. I actually. It's bad, man. I actually picked up Jose Abreu in my main event. He was dropped, uh, I think, for like 40 bucks. I just need someone, and it's just it's a hope and a prayer, but I don't know if I don't think that will get answered. So we've talked about Abreu a lot the last couple of weeks, so no need to rehash, but I think we're both not very confident. And neither were these drafters with a 380 p That's pretty wild. Yeah, but uh, on the bright side is you got J-Ram, Jose Ramirez, Fourth in the mains, 11th in the second chance drafts. Triple donged on Thursday night, just in time for the show. Now hitting 267 with nine home runs, five steals. But what I find to be really, really impressive through all this, 9.6% walk rate, 8.8% K rate. 
Like he's only got nine homers, but he still has a 207 ISO. So he's hitting with like a power, at least fantasy upside appeal. Barrel race the same as last year. Hard hit rate slightly better than last year. Give me a five on this guy. I'm going five too. I mean, I, I just, it helps that he ups his home run total by 50% in one game today. It was good. But yeah, like he's, he's going to be fine. The power metrics are actually pretty much in line more or less with the last few seasons. Would like to see a few more bags. He's five for eight, but he's at least running and everything else looks fine. I think we're in for a summer of J-Ram to steal a quote from our friend Scott Jenstad. Yeah, and it's one of those things that people kind of probably say I'm silly because I don't follow the numbers on this, but I watch certain teams, and teams produce together because that's why they're teams. The Guardians' offense has struggled a ton this year, and they've been slowly starting to hit. You look at the A's this past weekend. You look at when the Pirates are hot, when the Orioles are hot. They all start putting in the numbers. Not like it's very rare that J Ram's going to do it all by himself. Let's put it that way. So, I think as things heat up this summer, good things will come. It's interesting. So, I think with these scores, we both take J Ram over Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, hitters that went above these two guys: Jordan Alvarez, who we just talked about, uh, Shohei Otani, and Julio Rodriguez and Freddie Freeman. Would you take Jose Ramirez over any of Freddie Freeman, J Rod, or Otani? Over J Rod for sure. Um, I'd take, I had this discussion recently. I'd take Corbin Carroll over J Rod right now if you want to just compare young outfielders. So I will take yeah. J Ram. I will take J Ram over J Rod right now. Um, I wouldn't have taken him over Jordan when you drafted. He was healthy. Right. So yeah. Like that, so, yeah. Yeah. Let's put that caveat healthy, out there for people. Jordan, I would, yeah. I wouldn't. Um, Freeman, I don't think so because the more we talked about Freeman this preseason, I'd be. I I developed a very strong appreciation for the man that I don't think I had before, but just how ridiculously talented a guy that hits 300 time and time again is. Which J-Ram does, though. That's the thing. Before, Lineup's like, a little year, different. Lineup's yeah. a little different, which helps, but you're right. Yeah. They both yeah. do it. So, so out of all those, a healthy Yordan and Freeman ahead, but I'd take him over J-Rod. What about you? That sounds that sounds about right. J-Rod, J-Ram's a little... That, that's tough for me but i think i'd go ramirez over julio yep with you there taylor ward this is a fun one 90th in mains 201 in second chance drafts he's got a seven game hitting streak he's playing pretty much every day outside of what he has a the sniffles like he did on wednesday um and he's hitting with power again uh, i think there's a I'll, I'll give him a four okay so you're you're much higher on ward um than I am like I just the power is back a little bit but it just seems so and the and the playing time questions I think are a little bit answered he just needed to it was looking pretty grim a week or two ago for Taylor Ward and he's kind of turned around a little I just don't see I see like a league average strikeout rate a below league average barrel rate someone who has only attempted three steals actually he got a stolen base Thursday night so four he's two for two um I think Taylor Ward was overdrafted uh, drafted too early, I should say, early on. So I'll go a two for Mr. Ward. Do you think he could have been playing hurt? Could very well have been playing hurt. I mean, he kind of was last year. He has an injury history. And yeah, so, so that's why that's what I'm wondering because all of a sudden he's looking good again. And he did this last year. Remember, he came out gangbusters, slumped, finished strong again. Like this is a thing with Taylor Ward. Yeah. So you're going two. You think he's not even worth the two hundred one draft pick? Um, no, that's that that 
201 sounds about right. So maybe my maybe I'm going two and a half, but I'll okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll deviate from you just to just to people get that people don't like blue. me don't always disagree. So I'm, I'm, I'm we're gonna have yeah, some fun. I'm just curious. I just think there's a lot of I don't know at at that price. Yeah. No. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Now this one I'm just don't know. Uh, Michael Harris the second, 38th in Maine, 83rd in second chances. I'll take a one. Wow. You would I, not have taken. You would not have even sniffed Harris in the top. No, I, he, he would be off my board. Um, I know he's shown "quote unquote" slight positive adjustments of late, especially like in the Discord I'm in. There's some Braves fans that follow him religiously, so I get what they're saying and everything. I'm not seeing it though. He did have two hits on Thursday, but who didn't get a hit in that game? So let's grain of salt that one as well. He had a big game on Wednesday, but prior to that, he hadn't had a double-digit hit game since the 26th. A lot of zeros, like the just it's bad. So no, I'm out. I'll go a two. I'm also not. I just don't see anything in the skills. The strikeout rate is going the wrong direction. There's not much power there. It's um, and it's still a top eighty pick. So like you still had to spend up to get Michael That's Harris. The part I don't get. Um, and so I'll go. I'll go with two. Michael Harris or Taylor Ward. Michael Harris. Gar- Harris. You take Harris over Ward. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Do you want to place a uh, beer bet on this at uh, first pitch Arizona, please? You could do that. Yeah. It's it's on the record, yeah. folks. Whoever finishes from, we'll start June 9th, Friday, June 9th on. You got to finish what? With like more. The better, better Razzball player rating. Five by five. Oh, Razzball player rating. Or do you have a better rating side? That's just an easy rating. No, that works. No, that works. Yeah. yeah June 9th on Taylor Ward, Michael Harris, the, the second. Let's have some fun with that one. Put that in the bottom of the dock <laughs> or wherever. Um, all right, Andres Jimenez. This is a, this is tilting because I was I, I was a believer. He's uh, hitting. Well, he came after today's game where he went two for four with a double and two RBIs. He's now hitting two forty five with three homers and seven steals. And over the last week or so since May thirtieth, it won't count today's stats. I still get annoyed that they cannot do that after a game's done. He's hitting 355 with a homer and no steals, but 15% K rate, looking a little better. Um, he was 82nd in mains, 174th in second chances. I'll take a four. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll go like a, I'll go around a three. I, I I wasn't that in on Andres Jimenez before the season. I I actually had his forecaster box and what I write in the thing. Um, it was a it was a legit age twenty four season, but could very well have been his career year, and I, I think I I stand by that. Just everything right happened for Andres Jimenez last season, and we're just seeing the expected regression, especially in the power. The power hasn't been there, but he is still making contact. He is still running at a pretty decent clip with those seven steals. So uh, a three makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Gunnar Henderson. This is a fun one. Um... 103 ADP in mains, 215 second chances. It's been well documented how bad it's been. Like I was just off the board. Uh, he went deep on Thursday, but we, you know, before Thursday from May 21st to June 7th, hit 243 with two homers, uh, a stolen base. But what I like to see the most, only a 25% K rate, because that's been his big kryptonite. I'll go with a three on this one because I think he's much better than he was to start the season, but I think there's still a lot of holes that will make things interesting. Two for me. I, th- I think the real, the real bugaboo with Henderson, he just, he doesn't swing. 
he has not swung. I shouldn't say he doesn't swing. He could always change, and it could be an approach change where this immediately kind of takes off. The power has always been there. I'm not too worried about the power, even when things were really bad for Gunnar Henderson. For me, it's just so passive on uh, at the plate, and then he doesn't run. Uh, two for three on the base pass. Like there, There's just not much there from a five-by-five five batting average league to get me all that excited. So um, knowing this is prospect pedigree and he could turn this on and in, in, in a second, make me look like an idiot. Um, I think that 215 second chance ADP is pretty warranted. So I'll go with two. Yeah. I was going to compare someone, but he's not on this board. So it's not as fun, but uh, I'll say so, Gunnar Henderson or Alex Bregman the rest of the season. It's mm, a tough one. Uh, I think I'd go. God. I think I'd go yeah. Bregman, because they they were going around each other in the mains. I know that much for sure. So they're like that cliff everyone talked about. And uh, I'd go Bregman. I'd go Bregman. Yeah, I I think you'd have to. I think that's the right pick, but I don't know. I think upside wise, it's Henderson, but probably the safer floor is Bregman. If that makes sense to the listeners out there. HQ projections for Bregman: two sixty two batting average, three homers, and a steal. And then for Gunner, it is. As it lows, 249, 12 homers, and eight steals, which I'd probably take the under on those steals. So you get a little more stolen bases with uh, with Gunner, but better batting average and counting stats, I think, with uh, Bregman. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, Ahmed Rosario, 117 main, 232 second chance. This is our third Guardians hitter on the list. Yeah. Wow. Wow is all I can say. He's got one home run of the year, eight stolen bases. One? Yeah, I'm going one. Damn. Um, <laughs> it's brutal because I love Ahmed Rosario. I don't I know why. Like, I've always been way too high on Ahmed Rosario, but the batting average like floor that I thought was there will be it has not been at all. I'll still go with three. I think the the contact rate is it, it peaked. Last season, it's back now to where it's kind of been throughout Rosario's career. But other than that, perfect eight for eight on the bases. Just needs to run a little bit more, a little bit of Babbitt correction. I think gets Ahmed Rosario on base a little bit more, and that uh, that gets the value back up. But it's been a it's been a tough go, man. The one home run and two hundred thirty play appearances. Like you didn't draft Ahmed Rosario for his power, but you thought you'd get double digit homers. Mm-hmm. And that's been got more than Tim Anderson. He does have one more than Tim Anderson. That is very true. That is very, very true. That's a Tim Anderson is a needs to be a study somewhere and what the heck is going on. I wonder why he's not on this list, but because people still believe in him. He's because he's not hurt. He's hitting for average. He's doing a little bit of everything else, just no power. So Tim Anderson ADP one thirty two compared to Ahmed Rosario two thirty two. That's interesting. In the second chance drafts. All right, Jordan Walker, ADP of 120 in the mains, 234 in the second chances. We know he got sent down. He came back on June 2nd, or played June 1st. Played in June 2nd. He's hit safely in four or six games, but he's only hitting 200. He has one home run, three singles. Um, He is only striking out 8.7% of the time. That's a plus. But one of the biggest problems was he hit the ball on the ground too much. He was supposed to go to the minors to fix that. Still has like a 67% ground ball rate since he's been recalled. And he, he flat out said that he didn't like the new adjustments they were making. So 
He's back to his old yeah. ways, and he and he'd <laughs> rather he'd rather just hit the ball hard on the ground than not hit the ball at all. So, I'll say two to be nice, but I foresee Jordan Walker going back to AAA when if everyone gets healthy. So I should probably say one, but I'll say two to be nice. I hate to agree with you, but that's my exact same thing. Like I should do a one just because we haven't seen much. And there's like some playing time. I mean, we talked about this on the show last week. Like I don't think playing time's locked in really at all yep. right now for Jordan Walker. Um, but I'll give, I'll, I'll bump it up to a two just because his name is Jordan Walker, which is probably bad process. But in saying that his name is Jordan Walker, it, I mean, there is legitimate like scouting and prospect potential with him. So I don't know. I'll go two. Could be Next guy's interesting, man. Still in the first round. Our boy, your yes. boy. This one hurts. Al Tucker. Yeah. Seven to 14. I mean, not that much, but not that much. It's very justified. Um, so three would be, I agree with the move and he's still going to be good. Right. I'll take a three. Then I, I agree with the, the change in ADP eight homers, eight steals. He's going to be a 2020 plus guy, but it's not the guy we were hoping for when we picked him at seven, but I, I still think he'll be pretty good. Interesting. I, it looks like to me the biggest change with Kyle Tucker has really just been uh, trajectory. Same strikeout rate pretty much. Actually, a little bit better strikeout rate than he's shown in the past few years. Still running all the time. Or not all the time, but still running quite well. Hitting 48% hard hit rate. Last year was 42. So he's actually hitting the ball harder than last year. It's just a fly ball thing. Uh, 10 point drop in fly ball rate from 47% last season to 37% this season with Kyle Tucker. That's why you see not as many home runs, but a batting average up to 275. Where'd I go for? I think Kyle Tucker is just fine. I'm not too worried about him at all. All righty. Last hitter on the board. Oh, yeah, two more hitters. Three more hitters on the board. Is he scrolls down? We can just do T. Oscar. It's all good. I don't care. T. Oscar. Uh, we can do them. We can do them all. It's cool. All right. T. Oscar, seventy-two main, one thirty-two in the second chance drafts, two forty-three average, ten homers, three steals, massive thirty-three percent K rate. Um, I'm concerned. I think is the nice way I can say it. The uh, barrel rate and hard hitter still decent, but it just feels like something. I, I think he might be hurt. To be honest with you. Just, he's just not producing the way I would expect Teoscar to uh, produce. Even when like his BABIP's not horrible, it's pretty close to last season. It, it's a weird approach to um, what's going on with Teoscar. So I will go with a two. Taking the long view with Teoscar, like taking a step back at kind of his career. Teoscar, and last year we did, we there was the oblique, but we kind of blamed the poor performance when he came back. On the oblique, it's been two years since Teoscar's really been any good. Um, he's 30 years old. You mentioned like the K rate is 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 off. Um, could be playing hurt. Who knows? I, I I'm I'm worried. I'm going to give him a two as well. I think Teoscar at 132 ADP. It was a little bit pricey for me. I just I don't see. I don't know. Uh, the plate skills look atrocious right now. Yeah, just looking at that, he's his O swing's almost forty percent. Like that's yeah. That ain't gonna cut it. That ain't gonna cut it at all. Like I, I take Taylor Ward over him to be honest. So that's a, you go that's that a far. One. Come on, <laughs> Bobby Witt Jr. Eleventh in Maine, twentieth in second chance leagues. 
to me, he's doing pretty much a, what you'd expect. 10 homers, 19 steals. The average you'd hope to be better at 234. But, you know, he wasn't – his OBP skills are dreadful, but we knew that coming into it. He only hit 254 last year. He wasn't lighting the world on fire when he went at 2030. So he's like almost 2040 right now with just a lower batting average. So I don't really know what you're expecting from Bobby Witt. So in that regards, I'll say four. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think we focus a little bit too much on the lack of batting average. Um, the bat has been pretty brutal for Bobby Witt. Power speed is there. And you said you extrapolate that homer and stolen base total out to a full season. It's pretty freaking sweet. I think Bobby Witt should be a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the better potential quote unquote values we've seen so far in this game. Maybe I should almost put him a five with a comment like that. Um, and then we have Javi Baez, good old Javi Baez. Three homers, five steals, hitting 220. Only a tw- this is the part that I, I've looked at his profile a few times. A tw- basically a 21% K rate. It's the best of his entire career. His Babbitt rate is through the floor yeah. compared to most things. Um, I'll let you talk about him more because I keep talking about all these hitters and don't give you much of a chance. But it's baffling looking at his profile. I'll say that much compared to what we've seen when he struggled in the past. You can kind of like point to it. It's it's weird this year. It's weird. Like there's gains in situations where we used to blame, if that makes sense to people. So yeah, what do you got on hobby? Yeah, he's like basically backwards with striking out less, but not hitting for like really any power. He has, I mean, Bias has five barrels all season in 235 plate appearances. That is that is awful. Um, one of my concerns with Javi Bias was he did not run all that much with Detroit in his first season. I wondered if that would carry over into Baez's second season, that five for five on the base pass. Like he's not running wild, but seems like a legit 15 stolen base guy. Um, Give him like a three. I think he's fine in in middle infield, but like, I think, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll eh, I'll stick with the three. I think like 250 is probably around the right ADP for him. Yeah, that's the thing is like I think this is who he is now, but that ADP wise isn't bad. So I'm with yeah, you on pretty three. cheap. I think that's a fair ADP at three. So we'll go there. I'll let you run the show on the pitcher side so you can have some fun with this one. Uh let's both give ones to Mr. Manoa. I just kind of I, I was gonna take him off just to throw it in there, but it was interesting to see Alec Manoa go from sixty two to two fifty four. Corbin still, Burns still drafted it was nuts to me. Corbin Burns. Third round Corbin Burns. It's been really bad. Um, it's been a little bit better lately. What has Burns done in his last? I know his last lately. start was was pretty <laughs> electric. Um, last two starts, sixteen Ks, four walks. So like maybe something's turning around. However, I'm going to look at the full season here. I see a a full tick mile an hour drop in fastball velocity i see a three-point drop in swinging strike i see a nine-point drop in k-minus walk like really nothing looks good for corbin burns and i mean this is kind of just my like outlook on pitchers is i i don't bank on regression back to their baseline as much as i do on the hitter side um just because i think pitchers can change more and you start losing velocity you're not quite the same guy so corbin burns i'm gonna do a uh a two on i think he's more like a fourth fifth round pitcher the rest of the way yeah we're gonna disagree on this one which is fun um, all right I've, good. I've been i've been watching burns i haven't like watched all his starts but just between dfs and other stuff i've been paying attention to seeing how he's been developing because he was a very vocal person about hating the pitch clock 
And if you look at his windup, he does like a half. He doesn't even look a full windup. It's not a full stretch either. He has a little bit of a different here, this and that. But over his last six starts, I'll take a little broader deal. You know, the third start against the Astros, he gave it five runs in five innings. Okay. Other than that, all quality starts, five quality starts. He's thrown 38 innings in those six starts, 43 Ks, 14 walks. That's good for an 18.8% K to walk, which is much better than we saw earlier in the year. He's got a 284 ERA, a 396 XFIP. XFIP is obviously not ideal, but um, still we've seen that improvement, which I want to see. Um, Velo on the fastball over these six starts is up to 95.4. But what we've seen is it went 94.6, 95.8, 95.6, 96.5, 95.1, then 96 is last time. So the last three starts, two of the last three, we've seen it in the 96s, which is closer to last season. So what I'm starting to wonder is if he's getting comfortable with the pitch clock, He's starting to find a way to do things. I'm just looking at grain of salt things. I don't think he's a third-round guy. Maybe second I'd be okay with. I'll take a four on this one. All right. Citing, citing that league average strikeout minus walk over his last six starts. <laughs> Compared he, to the, he, like, he's been so much better in the last six starts that he's now league average. Hey, someone was complaining about his velocity, which has actually been ticking up over his last few starts. So that's a, <laughs> hey, he had a 14.9% K to walk on the season. So I'll take the 18.8 over the last six. Clay Holmes next up. Um, and actually one of the questions we got, we'll kind of loop listener questions into this. Since we frankly didn't have that many. We're going a little bit over, but um, Ben Tid asked like, which kind of position group did I notice that was falling the most or least? Relievers to me, like very few relievers fell. And I think that's just a product of one, like our total lack of faith in the closer market, but two, the top end closers have been pretty good this year. So there have not been that many guys that have fallen. Clay Holmes is one that fell and fell a lot uh, from 85 to 191. Clay Holmes was going in second chance drafts. I mean, Clay Holmes has a 284 ERA. The K minus walk is league average at 18, only six saves. So I'll go three just because I think Clay Holmes still will get some saves and we we need that. He had a save this week, two saves over the last month. Um, but the price isn't too bad, 190 for me. So I'll go with a three. I'll go with a four because um, he was really good early, kind of got scuffled up. Obviously, he got sent we go IL. Then he started out like the sixth and seventh inning, got replaced. He's back in the closers' roles, at least the primary guy. It's not full-time because you still see Wandy Peralta once in a while and a few other guys. King's out of the picture now. Holmes actually picked up the same in game two of the doubleheader on Thursday, his seventh of the season, and he's looked really good. Now he's kind of got whatever is wrong between his ears figured out. So I'll go with the four on Clay Holmes. All right. It's Blake Snell time, man. The last couple years, second half Snell has been a thing. Yeah. 92 ADP in the mains, 188 second chance. I'm going to go. I, I just don't see. I, I want it to happen. I'm going to go three until Blake Snell can pitch deeper into games and stop walking people. Even the last couple starts, Blake Snell has thrown 12 scoreless innings over his last two, still has walked three in each of those uh, starts and only went six innings of scoreless. So, like, I don't know. It could very well be second half Snell again this season, but I don't really think that's a thing, a first and second half guy, so to speak. Um, and so until Blake Snell kind of reigns in that control, I think we're going to see more of what we have seen from him. Yeah, it's weird. He's getting like the good outings, the limited the damage. He didn't strike outs with the walks are still atrocious, which could lead to blowups from time to time. So I'll take a three with you as well. 
All right. Verlander. Justin Verlander going from 27 to 53. It's ugly, man. It's yeah. ugly. You tack on the eight. I mean, obviously starting out injured, that doesn't probably doesn't affect his second chance ADP that much. I think the second chance folks are looking at some pretty shaky skills uh, from Verlander. The swinging strike is in single digits, which you don't want to see. just not missing many bats. HQ's expected ERA 436, which is right in line with a 425 ERA. I think Justin Verlander, you tack on the age, you tack on the now, well, it's it's like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 mile an hour drop in fastball velocity. I'm going to go with two for Mr. Verlander. I, I, I think at, at an ADP of 53, I still think that's a little bit too early. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll take it two as well. I was kind of surprised to see this ADP here. He seems to be kind of uh, broken is the right word, but he's definitely not the Verlander of old. He's put together a couple of decent starts with a lot more blowups than decent. So that velocity, that swinging strike is a big concern. Would you take, and these guys are going right next to each other. It's next on our list. Aaron Nola went from uh, basically Verlander and Nola, 26 and 27 ADP respectively, 51 and 53. You like Verlander or Nola the rest of the way? I probably still go Nola because a, I'm just got a blind yeah. eye to him. But, I like it. But like you look at Nola, and it's the same garbage every single year. It's like he still gets the innings. He's still getting the strikeouts. It's like the one stupid inning that screws it all up. Um, but when he doesn't have it, they're elite starts. So I'm going to go Nola still. So it like, sounds like a three, like more yeah. than Verlander, yeah. but you're still not all that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm going to go four. I think this turns around. Um, you're still getting strikeouts with Nola. The K rate has dipped a little bit, but um, I think that comes back. I, I'll, I'll go four, and maybe that's just me being a little bit too optimistic, but um, maybe I'm hoping that four to go in existence. Brady Singer, 170 ADP, main event, 338. What do you think about that? For Mr. Singer, who we've talked about him a couple times on the show, is pretty much falling apart this year. Yeah, I go with a one, one for Brady Singer. <laughs> when you pitch as much contact as he does, it's it's uh, batting practice. Go one as well. Not singing his praises. All right, this is the one I want your thoughts on because he was a fade for both of us, big time. Mm-hmm. You drafted him in Barf, I think. Big Barf he because fell, he fell so because far. he fell. He fell to what, like, what you? I don't know where he like seventy five, like, something like that. Oh well, yeah, I want to say it's like the five six turn or something. Which would be, I was on the yeah, turn. I think it, it was, was like seventy five. Dylan Cease ADP has dropped from forty nine to barely in the top one hundred. Would you take Dylan Cease one hundredth overall? No, no, because he's doing everything we were concerned with. Like the given, I took him ahead of one hundred earlier. I would not now because I'm seeing what we were scared to see. Is what it comes down to. He's walking guys. He's not going as deep into games. Just not fooling guys like he was before. So yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give him a one. Brutal. Yeah. Would you take Dylan Cease over Hunter Brown, Julio Urias, Pablo Lopez, Hunter Green? No. That's kind of the pocket he was going in. I would take all those guys over him. The only concern I could see with like a, like a Hunter Brown would be innings eventually, but uh, no. Uh, the walk rate has not gotten any better. I thought we could count on Dylan Cease for like elite, elite strikeouts, 74 Ks and 68 innings. It's not doing it for me. 
And the swinging strike is down three points. That's a huge drop from 15% to 12%, which is kind of just like league average. So I'm a one as well. We are cease haters. Yep. We have been for cease and desist on this show. There we go. <laughs> Brian Helsley, one of the other closers. I think the, yeah, the only other closer on here. Uh, 58 to 109. I'm going to go like a two. Just because I worry about Giovanni Gallegos getting a little bit too much of that save share mm-hmm. in St. Louis. I didn't think like, I thought Helsley was the guy mm-hmm. coming into the season, but uh, that hasn't been the case really at all. I think Gallegos, does Gallegos have more saves than Ryan Helsley? I think Helsley has got a sixth or seventh, so they're really close. Gallegos has seven. Yeah, then he might have the same or more. Yes. A 370 ERA, and Helsley has a 324 ERA with seven, so seven saves, even split. I'll uh, I'll agree with you on the two. I can't go one because that's just wrong. But uh, the Gallegos thing is real. I'd, I on this board, I'd rather have Clay Holmes than Ryan Helsley if I had to pick between the two, and uh, that says a lot to me at least based on their ADP. Yeah, and Holmes went ninety picks later than Helsley. Mm-hmm. All right, Sandy Alcantara. This is fascinating. From twenty eight to fifty two, still too high. Would you take the Sandy man as a top fifty pick? Nope. Um, for the same reasons I was out on him before, he's doing it. He needs the innings. He needs a lot of things to be productive, and he's getting none of that right now. He's not fooling batters. He's not getting the strikeouts consistent like you'd hope for. He's walking too many guys. I will give him, out of respect, a two. It's interesting the pocket of pitchers that he went. He went right behind Aaron Nola, who we just talked about, right ahead of Verlander, but also Tyler Glass now. Went, went one Ooh. pick after... Sandy Alcantara, which is like pretty fascinating to me because that's a juxtaposition of like your innings, your bulk guy versus Glass now, who on a per inning basis is better than is, all those uh, guys, is elite. So, um, I'll go with three for saying, uh, uh, yeah, I'll go with, I'll go with three. I think he comes back a little bit, but it's been, I mean, and that means I would take him at 50. Like, I think that's probably about right. And I don't know. I I I think I'd go Nola over Alcantara right now. I go I'd go Sandy over Verlander. I'd probably go Glass now over Sandy right now as well. All over Glass, all of them. I take Glass over all of them. Yeah. yeah, he's healthy right now. Exactly, so he's healthy now. And if I'm lot. going, if I'm trying to win a second half, it's basically a, it's not a sprint. It's still four months, but it's more of a sprint. I want the guy that's got the elite skills. Last but not least, Shane Bieber, who <laughs> despite the surface stats. Um, uh, has dropped from forty-four to seventy-nine. What is Bieber's ERA? No, three fifty-seven. It's, it's 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 going what, north. Yeah, it's wrong. It's it's that's a friendly three seven because I roster Shane Bieber, unfortunately, and I want to sit him every week because he does nothing for me except kind of helps ratios. It's it's painful to have him in that spot because he does not get strikeouts. He's not fooling anybody, and a blow up is coming. It's coming in a bad bad way. So, um, give me a two. I did not realize Shane Bieber has six strikeouts per nine innings this year. It's horrific. It's absolutely dog. Holy crap. Yeah, it's bad. I almost gave him a one. Stealing your one. Yeah, it's he's not good. He's not good. And the worst thing is, is they're going to try to trade him. And <laughs> who want, like they're talking about trading them to Cincinnati. That contact skills in Great American Small Park. Oh, boy. Yeah, that would be rough. Graham Ashcraft says, what's up? Oh, 
Did you? Did you? Yeah. The, the Ashcraft start against the Dodgers today went about as went about as planned. So. That's planned. All right, good stuff. I'll post this tomorrow. Um, We are much higher, and this is probably about right. We're higher on the hitters rebounding in general than the pitchers. There's a lot of red on our pitcher side, but um, yeah, interesting stuff, man. It checks out. All right, a couple listener questions before we head out. First question from the YouTube chat here, Mr. Roger Bloomfield. He asks, Gary Sanchez or Elias Diaz this weekend in Coors? I think you hit this one earlier, Mr. Sanchez. Mr. Sanchez it is. Gary Sanchez. Oh, Gary. Uh, Boom Zoom on Twitter. That's quite an interesting list. Can't wait to hear you guys break it down. My question is about the three Cleveland bats on it. If Jose wakes up, which seems to be happening as I type, he only had two homers (laughs) at the time of this, (laughs) will the other two get going also? Not even going to ask about Bell and hope Naylor takes over. I think we both said... So you gave Andre Semenez a four. I gave Andre Semenez a three. And we gave Ahmed Rosario a one and a three going well andres is going a little bit earlier so we're obviously much higher on jose ramirez rebounding and lukewarm on the other two yep that sounds about right um ben tid you mentioned this about uh the which group is going up and then he also says i don't know about you guys but i had i had done i had but if i had done any second chance trashes there's no way i would have considered michael harrison 83 same mr tid and i just i only brought this up because it's not a question but if people go to that tweet there's a thread involving projections and everything worth checking yeah. out yeah for sure yeah I was some very smart that. people as well yeah. so as yeah, steve we- uh, weimer weimer is on that uh and some others so brian Check. jenner as well brian um yeah jenner. we were you were very low on harris with the one i i at least gave him a two i'm just a nicer guy I you guess. are I, I, trust me people have told me that my whole life so it's, it's okay it's no, <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all but um that'll do it on the listener questions kind of bombed they've been kind of quieting down on the listener front um, but hey, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Final thoughts as we wrap up another episode of Bub in the Bloom. No, man. Let's see end of season how this kind of turns out. Maybe we'll just do a quick episode in September or something where we we pull this thing back up and and cringe. Well, it'll be fun to do a couple more things in the next like month or so like this because like we did the pitching one where we're all of a sudden like Woodruff. Like, would you be buying like over under on certain guys? Like, so those are kind of fun interactives because I was actually thinking, you know, we're two and a half months into the season. I'm not thinking like for this show, but just in general, it's like, it's really time to be, hey, do I keep or cut certain players? Like, it's really serious time on, it's like, it's like kind of, it brings me to my over under point, basically. Like, are you a believer? You're not a believer anymore. And so we're at that time of the year and it's time to basically take your chances and be right or wrong and just deal with it. And that's why it kind of goes back to the LED of the cruise. Like, hey, we're going to pony up and run or we're just going to sit on it and, you know, hope, hope I can piece it together with other guys throughout the way. It's that time of the year to start. Uh, we've passed Memorial day. It'd be like by the time we record next week, we'll almost we'll be, be June. With, yeah. It's, it's getting crazy how fast it's going by. So yeah, it's time to S or get off the pot as they say. So what are your final thoughts uh, as we uh, do this? We'll get some more bloom boards coming and, and fun stuff from there. Just buckle up for this weekend. Can't wait to see those Ellie De La Cruz bid. It's going to be I, I, like this is the fab period I'm most looking forward to just because of uh, when we said at the top, but like the it, it's easy to blow a lot of money early in the season. Now it's like you need to think about how much is left versus how much do you need to just shoot your shot right now and go for it. So we'll see, man. It'll be fascinating. It'll be awesome to see. And uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. Quick thing, we probably should have let off the show with this. We'll do it more often and annoy you guys with it. But F-Pass dates have been released. 
if you want to golf yes. with us that Thursday, let us know soon because we'd like to start organizing it a little more seriously than last year, if that makes sense to anybody. Like it was still great last year. And if that's how it works this year, cool. No problems with that at all. But if you know we get a bigger group because there were guys that more guys that were interested, more guys or gals, doesn't matter. Um, we'd love to kind of maybe put something a little more well, formal is the right word together, but I know that place will take care of us if we bring a bigger group type situation. Yeah, we we did the proof of concept last year with two foursomes. It was great. The 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 course was nearby, it was awesome. Um, so I'd love to get to like 20 and make it a I think you need to get to 20 to make it like a event or an outing yeah. tournament whatever and you can add on different kind of activities sure. longest drive close to the pin all that kind of and, stuff and, so and yeah they, we'll uh they would accommodate us for sure at uh i just totally blanked on the name of the place but they will dobson ranch dobson ranch and they have a fun atmosphere there so they will 100 percent accommodate us there yeah it's uh it's golf but louder so yes out there but uh <laughs> yeah so but no but yeah we need we do need to uh we need to start plugging fs at the beginning of the show and, and the golf thing so that's a good point Yep. But all right. Make sure you guys check out Ryan on Twitter at Ryan BHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I'm on Twitter at BDentric. And until next week, this was Bubba and the Bloom, episode 60. Catch you all next time. Win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.